Hi, my name is Aaron Linsdow. I'm a polar explorer and professional adventurer. Today I'm going to tell you how to build your 72-hour household survival kit. When everything goes sideways, will you be prepared? You know how to build a 72-hour survival kit for your household, for your family, loved ones, kids, pets even. Well, this is what I'm gonna talk about in this video. I'm going to go over the different items suggested by the FEMA, which is Federal Emergency Management Agency. And also I'm gonna give you two bonus tips at the end, so stay ready for that. So let's get right into it. I've got the checklist here, which I will put a link below for you. And as we all know, sometimes disasters happen, hurricanes, uh, disease outbreaks you never know and you need to be prepared for that and it's very easy to do so I'm just going to go right down this checklist the number top number one top item that they have FEMA has is water because you can get through a lot of stuff but in 72 hours if you have no water especially if it's hot or you're, you know you're in Florida in June or Phoenix or somewhere or Texas Water is everything. That'll keep you going probably more than anything. So whether you have a you know, gallon per person per day, whatever it is, and this includes not only drinking, but maintenance and hygiene as well, because chances are if you need this emergency kit, you've had to run from your home or something like that. The next thing is food. Now, they say non-perishable food. FEMA says non-perishable food. Well, is that... The freeze-dried food, is that, you know, beef jerky, is that uh, Quaker oatmeal or peanut butter or, you know, beans or dried beans? Well, they're not exactly clear on this, but the real key is you don't want to have to cook. Really? Yeah, you don't want to have to cook because now you've got to have this whole other pile of gear, a propane, a couple cans of propane, a stove and all these things. So for the emergency survival kit, the recommendation is non-perishable food. But freeze-dried food is the longest non-perishable food other than honey that there is. This stuff lasts like you know, 5, 10, 20, 50 years, whatever it is. Canned food, let's see, the date on this is a year and a half from the filming of this video. Now, I recommend canned food simply because you can eat it without cooking, no matter if it's green beans, Chef Boyardee, Bush's baked beans, definitely a great way to go. Peanut butter, yeah, yeah, you can survive off peanut butter alone. Beans sound great, but they have to be hydrated and they have to be cooked, so that's a consideration. Oatmeal, you can just put water in that and get going, so that's not too bad. I've eaten cold oatmeal, it's not great. Jerky, definitely great there. I love my dehydrated food, but that puts me into the camping and cooking department. So <clears throat> consider too that your survival is all about calorie intake. It's not about eating great. It's not about nutrition. It's simply calories. So you know, for an adult male like myself, 1,800 calories will get me by, no problem. A woman, uh, you know, five foot six or whatever, maybe 1,500 calories will totally fill you up. Kids or less, definitely talk to your doctor about that. But this can of food serving, this has about 500 calories in it. So in a pinch, I could go off four cans of Chef Boyardee 
and totally survive. It wouldn't be awesome, but survival isn't about being pretty. The next thing they recommend is a battery powered or hand crank radio. So I've got my radio here and it's got a weather channel. It's also a two-way walkie-talkie CB, or not CB, but a walkie-talkie. I'll put a link below to this. Love this radio, it's great for weather. Uh, one of the challenges is a lot of the hand crank radios that you buy on Amazon, most of them are good, some are eh, so you definitely, if you purchase a hand crank radio, which is a good recommendation, make sure to test that sucker out a lot. Make sure to keep it charged and you know, keep it going because after a while those batteries will die and no matter how much cranking you do, it won't survive. So that's something to watch out for, but a basic AM, FM radio with weather is actually very important. The next thing, flashlights and extra batteries. I've got a whole pile of flashlights and headlamps and extra batteries here. I mean, it's just, I go crazy with flashlights simply because I know that in a pinch, even the dollar store little, little cheapies work well. I've got my you know, expensive headlamps from Black Diamond and all that. But make sure to bring your extra batteries because during the day it's all great, but boy, it gets dark, the power's out and you don't have a flashlight. Ooh, now your temptation is to use your cell phone. What happens when your cell phone dies after you're you know, freaking out and checking on it for you know, 10 hours and poof, and that's your only flashlight. So definitely, even if it's just a dollar store cheapies, I would highly recommend those things if nothing else. If you're totally reliant on your phone and you're absolutely anti-flashlight, at least get a couple of charging banks and make sure you have a few charging cords. But know that in an emergency, your cell phone can save you, but your cell phone is actually in a bad situation. Eh. I've seen a lot of stories about people not making it because they relied only on their cell phone. The next thing that you need is some sort of basic first aid kit. This doesn't look like much, but I've used this on thousands of miles of treks. has basic band-aids in there, a couple of gauze pads, and a needle for blisters. Just something to get you through it. So if you have a real major injury, you're gonna be in trouble, but a basic first aid kit just to keep wounds clean and also tweezers are in here too. So that's something to consider. Uh, FEMA also suggests getting a whistle to call for help. Any whistle will do because you're yelling, help! That doesn't travel. Your voice just really doesn't travel at all, but a whistle, Man, this travels a long way. I have heard people lost in the wilderness a long way out with a whistle. Also, even though it's not on their list, a little signal mirror, that can signal for miles. What, I mean, an airplane flying way out there and you know how to use it, that's huge. So the whistle is good for local, but a basic signal mirror, see that? That can be seen for miles. So definitely consideration there. Next is a dusk mask to help filter contaminants. Now during the, the whole virus outbreak in 2020, masks were impossible to come by. So if you have a little buff or something, you can at least, you know, cover your mouth, do something to keep that dust out. That is a big, big deal. But also they recommend a sheet of plastic or multiple sheets of plastic and duct tape because the theory is if there's some sort of contaminant outside, you can tape up your doors with the plastic and the duct tape. You can also make a shelter with duct tape and plastic if everything goes sideways. So that is a really good recommendation. 
The next thing are moist towelettes. Again, we discovered in the 2020 spring virus disaster, these are extremely difficult to come by, so stock up on them. And do note, eventually the packaging does poop out, so you need to replace these every uh, year or so. And do, do note too, in the food and everything, you've got to cycle those food items once a year. You can't load this up, throw it in the garage, come back five years and hope it's gonna work. Garbage bags and plastic ties are some way to close it for waste. Yes, we go poo poo people. So having a little bit of garbage container, I know it's kind of gross, but in a survival situation, it's not about beauty, it's not about ribeye steaks, and making sure your makeup's perfect and your hair is perfectly coiffed. It's about getting through the situation until you can get some help. So basic garbage bag to contain everything. The next, and this is interesting, that's why this video is for households, is if you have a water or a gas leak, are you going to be able to shut off the gas? Do you have a basic pair of pliers? And even though these linesman's pliers are great, they're not strong enough to shut off the water. You gotta have uh, one of these crescent wrenches or the proper tool for it. Now with all that food, I don't know why they'd use this on a separate list in FEMA, but you have to be considerate that pop tops uh, aren't as secure as regular can lids. They're much handier. Uh, it's much less likely to hack your hand open in theory, but the idea is that you don't want a pop top. I, I don't know, I debate that. So you've got all of this canned food and you don't have a can opener. Dang! So yeah, make sure you're going with a canned food option, which is what I recommend. You better make sure you have a can opener. However, what if your can opener breaks, dies, you lose it or whatever? I made a video showing how you can use just about anything to open cans. And I'll put a link below to that video. And I'll put the link right here in the video as well. So you can open cans with literally anything. It's a pretty slick thing can opener food, and local maps. You might have to travel a little bit, so having just a basic map book, because you're getting all of our reliance on cell phones, when the cellular signal dies, and I've been in towns and cities where the cell signal dies, everybody's freaking out because their phone's not working, what are you gonna do? Old school maps don't need batteries, don't reboot, don't need cell signal. Just keep one. I know it seems pretty old school, but boy, when things go sideways and storms and disasters, this is really good. So the two bonus tips I'm gonna tell you is one, instead of the water, I mean, actually in addition to the water, make sure to get a Sawyer Mini, a Sawyer Big, a Life Straw, something, because carrying around you know three gallons of water per person each gallon's 8.3 uh, pounds, so that's you know 24 pounds per person. That's gonna be really, really hard to transport. So one of these Sawyer mini jobs or, or any of those mechanical filters, I highly recommend. Do note, if you freeze them or you get in freezing conditions, it will ruin them so they're no good, so you gotta be careful about that. And when you have this all together, how are you gonna keep this all together? Just a basic plastic tote, put all your, basic survival supplies in there. The water is going to be kind of tough, but you can probably get enough in there to get going. One or two totes per person, easy to carry with a handle. I don't recommend the clear plastic ones because I drop them and they break all the time. 
So this type of plastic is much, much better. And the one thing I think they really should have put on this list is the pocket knife. You can do a lot of stuff with a pocket knife. I mean, you've got all these things, but a pocket knife or even scissors can be really handy in many, many situations. So definitely recommend having some sort of knife. Hardcore survivalists say a fixed blade knife is better, but you gotta have a sheath. You can't carry in a pocket. I just, uh, if nothing else, just get a $20 basic knife. I mean, this is a zero tolerance knife. It's really expensive, but in a bug out situation, any knife will do. So definitely go with that. I hope this has been very helpful for you to give you an idea of what you need for your 72 hour household survival kit in the event of a disaster or emergency. My name is Aaron Linsdow. I'm a polar explorer and professional adventurer. Please like and comment on the video and subscribe to the channel if you found it helpful. Thank you very much for watching and be safe out there.